What's going on, everyone? Here, Rachel. What's going on with you? <laughs> what's going on, K Rich? What's going on, everybody else? It's your girl Ray P. Hello. <laughs> Very excited to be here with you. Um, we started our adventure into the podcast world. We'd always been speaking of doing something together, collaborating one way or another. I know you had some ideas brewing for yourself, but it's very exciting to just be here talking to you um, as we dive into, we'll let the people know, diving into Insecure. Oh, yes. Um, it's just very exciting because you and I have been having these conversations pretty much after every episode for, <laughs> I don't know, season now. Since and, season one. <laughs> yeah. So in order, so for us to be able to put it to a podcast form and kind of share these thoughts with the world and everybody who's a fan of this, the show as much as we are, I think it's pretty exciting and um, definitely excited to be collaborating and working with you for sure. Absolutely. I, I'm really excited. I know I'll be probably said excited seven times in the last 30 <laughs> seconds, but that really is the feeling and it feels good especially to talk about insecure a show that's been so instrumental um in the culture over the last um several years and to do it with one of my favorite people it's a good look <laughs> you are you know i definitely appreciate that you know it's reciprocated you're definitely one of my favorite people in the world that's for sure of course your flowers and I'm ready to start this journey. We got 10 weeks ahead of us. We um, got a long 10 weeks ahead of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just trying to enjoy each episode, knowing that this is the last hurrah. Um, it's funny. Let's just get right into that because I had mentioned before that I felt Insecure was going to be coming to an end soon. Mm-hmm. It might have been right after season four. And the reason I said it was not because it's not a good show, but you can tell that they had an idea and they had a beginning and they knew when they wanted to exit. They, 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 they told their story. And I think one of the signs of a great show is when to end. That's one of the hardest decisions I think a television show has to make. And a lot of them fumble it mm-hmm. and try to go too long. And Insecure has given us a lot. And you touched on it just a few moments ago. We're in that same age range of all of these characters from the time the show started. I, I mean, if you look at Lawrence's character, I'm the same age as Lawrence. Right. So I lived that whole experience and it felt like I went through all of those steps with them throughout each season. And, you know, we haven't seen Insecure for two years due to the pandemic. So, you know, last episode was 2019. And um, just kind of what you said, the, what it means to the culture and what it, I guess, let me ask you this, as a black woman, what is this show specifically meant to you? Um. As a black woman, <laughs> insecure has it's been everything. Um, I know you and I have discussed previously because of insecure success, we see shows, um, sort of piggyback off of their format. And you know, young black people is not a new concept, but we hadn't seen it in a long time. I think, um, insecure and its success triggered, um, sort of a renaissance in TV because of Insecure. We get sisters on BET. We get bigger on BET plus and run the world on stars. So mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm really excited for that. And I just like to see us on TV. I like to see us lit well, dressed well. <laughs> That's, I mean, and telling good stories that are relatable. I mean, we're all 30 somethings. Um, 
you and I college educated, um, similar circles and friend groups, you know, so it's just good to see yourself reflected on TV. No, absolutely. And I'm trying to think, what was, was Girlfriends the last kind of show in this vein where you had a show centered around black women? Am I going back too far? Am I missing something? Um, I would say the game. Okay. Um, but which was a spinoff of Girlfriends. Yeah, and the game had a lot more, some different elements. Some um, different elements, right? But just where you see youngish, um, black people, I I can't think of anything after. No, definitely not. And the spinoffs that you mentioned are, like you said, a direct correlation of Insecure. And mm -hmm. just speaking of his success, I know we're going to get into the seasons and how we even got to this point. But rewatching it, Insecure was good from the very first scene. From the you know very I mean? first scene, Insecure not, was good. Mm -hmm. So the first scene showed how great of a show it was, or excuse me, how great of a show it is. And um, I was going to say it was going to be. But... Mm -hmm. Were you familiar with Issa and Diary of an Awkward Black Girl before Insecure? Uh, yes. So I had watched um, Awkward Black Girl, but I, it didn't grab me the way Insecure did. I mean, I so I was familiar. I knew that she was funny. I knew that she rapped because, you know, bars <laughs> myself. Um, I knew that, but um, I became a fan fan with Insecure. Okay, then. I got you. Yeah, so I, I was only introduced to her through Insecure. Okay. I think I messed up the name. What was the YouTube show called? Awkward Black Girl? Awkward Black Girl. Okay, and then she had a book, I think, called Diary of the Awkward Black Girl, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I remember the book. I actually purchased the book for someone. I remember that. Okay. That was my first introduction. Like, all right, who is this girl? And then Insecure came out, and, you know, like you mentioned, I was a day one Insecure fan. Um, never had the I just realized doing this rewatch for this podcast like I never had the opportunity to really binge watch Insecure I watched it week to week mm -hmm. so that was always something that was dope but like we mentioned very first scene you knew the show was going to be great uh, one thing I love about the show is it gave us a cast of um, for lack of better terms unknowns I didn't yes. know any of these main characters or really supporting characters for that matter I knew Jay Ellis was like in late seasons of the game, if I'm not. Yeah, mistaken. yes. And Luke I knew was his character. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I never watched the game. I know I know what? about it, but I don't know about it. And um I knew Amanda Seals because I was a big my brother and me fan growing up. Like okay. so I, I knew her from that and I knew she was like a DJ for a little while, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. uh, I could be making that up, hopefully not. But I didn't know anybody else. So the fact that you have this cast of unknowns and anytime HBO puts their name behind something, they usually do well with it. But I wasn't expecting it to be so um, naturally black. Yes. I, I, I struggle between saying unapologetically versus naturally because it didn't it didn't go out of its way to do anything but bring this but world. But just be black. Exactly. It was itself. <laughs> and, you know, That's what, it. Yeah. It Go ahead. Uh, not to cut you off, I'm sorry. Um, Amanda Seals, she, I don't know if she was a DJ, but she was in Floetry um, once Marsha left. She and the other one kind of did some work. Or once the other one left, she and Marsha kind of worked together. Something in that vein, but it didn't quite curl all the way over. Um, 
And I, I'm with you on the blackness. I think that's the beautiful thing about people who are comfortable and just okay in their blackness. There's never a need to be unapologetically like you just are. It's your state of being. And we see that with Issa and with um, the show in and of itself. I know um, several interviews we've heard Issa say that she likes to like reach across the aisle versus uh, reaching up. So I think that's the good thing with her having um, less familiar faces in front of us um, because it really is just that working with your people and pulling your people along with you as you uh, do this life journey. Yeah, it's so important. And you can tell that she had that diversity in her writing room. Mm-hmm. There's just certain moments that you just you, you don't appreciate the same if you're not black. You just exactly. Part of the experience. And um, like you mentioned, the cast is unknown. We I know we just discussed that, but it ties back into the point I made earlier where I said them wrapping up this show, it kind of had to do with a lot of people are becoming just big stars. Mm-hmm. I mean, Issa is a mega star at this point. And right. have Yvonne Orgy, which I know we're going to spend a lot of time talking about. Yeah. <laughs> He has a stand-up special. She's in movies. Um, Jay Ellis is going to be in the new... You see different side characters sprinkled here and there in new things. Okay. So they came from, you know, I don't want to say nothing, but they came from pretty much unknown to five years later. Here we are, and everybody on this cast is a regular in something. They got their own thing going on, and I think that directly ties to Insecure. Absolutely. Um, just kind of getting into my... I know we talked about what it meant to you. For mm-hmm. me... We talked about the blackness of it, but it also helped me experience things that black women experience that they don't tell their guy friends or their quote unquote brothers. You know, there's like a special, like there's what I mean is there's a special bond between a black woman to black woman, right? Yes. Relationship, no different than black man to black man or man to man, however you want to look at it. And we as an audience, as men, as whatever, we were invited into that world that you occupy, that. This, this is me and this is my girls. Like, that's a different relationship than any other one you have, right? Absolutely. Now, the first time I really got to see that in a, you know, a one-on-one circumstance between Issa and Molly, a group circumstance between those two plus Tiffany and Kelly. And we heard those conversations that you have that we're not always privy to. And, you know, Black women are the main storyline. Mm-hmm. That them and their relationships, whether it be their jobs or family, you know, all of that was secondary compared to that black woman to black woman relationship. And mm-hmm. that's what I so dope about it. Um, it gave a space for character just to be regular and relatable. And I think if you talk to anybody about Insecure, the reason it was a day one success, the reason so many people are into it is because of the relatability that you have with these characters and these situations. Uh, I think that's why everyone is emotionally invested when you talk about the show, that's why they're so deep into these characters and, you know, they, they're bashing one character and highly supporting another. You know, I talk about Lawrence Hobb all day. There's a lot of people that can't stand Lawrence. Hate um, them. Yeah. You know <laughs> I mean? like, and you really go, I mean, these are real debates that you have with people about these characters and what happened. And so as a man, you know, two experiences that Lawrence had, mm-hmm. two experiences that Daniel had, uh, you know, experiences that Chad has had even if I don't see myself as those characters directly, you get what I'm saying? Right. Um, you know, and like I mentioned earlier, I was the same age. So I went through a lot of these experiences and found out a lot about myself as this show was going on. And it 
served as a mirror image for a lot of us who started this show in the late 20s and now in your early to mid 30s. So mm -hmm. it just it was it was a phenomenon from day one. And I was just I'm privileged to say that I was a part of the journey from the start because um, there's nothing like watching that season one finale, you know, in real time and having mm -hmm. that the whole night. There's show was just made up of a bunch of moments. Oh my gosh. Um, season one finale had Twitter in an uproar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Only five years ago, 2016 when it aired, but I remember that like yesterday. I remember the twists and turns, and I love their storytelling, and it goes back to what you kind of said earlier about like seeing us in good lighting and everything. They paid mm -hmm. so much attention to all those details. Mm-hmm. And because just really you know what? It's nothing worse than seeing black people look ashy when you know that that is not the case. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. There's a uh I was specifically watching I think season three, episode two. Okay. I think the episode where Daniel and Issa went to the club so he can meet Spider. Mm -hmm. And the <laughs> light in the club on their skin like was just phenomenal. It was similar yeah. Uh, there's an episode I, I'm sure we're going to talk about it because it's one of our favorite episodes um, I call it the no eggshells episode low-key happy oh yeah um, like the shot of them at the like the art walk and there's the blue and red piece of art with the neon lighting and they're just mm -hmm. like just stuff like that the cinematography the lighting it was just incredible and everybody on the show looked good and it's just dope that they put that time and effort into it absolutely absolutely um, so like I said, we're going to talk about favorite seasons and how we got here, but let's get into a few categories that we have Okay. Uh, with the insecure world. So who would you say is the most relatable character to you? Honestly, it's Issa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then break that down. Um, really for a lot of years. Okay. I'm 34 for the people who don't actually know me for a lot of years. Um, post-college I was unhappy um, just doing anything sort of kind of meandering around in life. And it took a minute for me to sort of find my niche um, in my life and get some happiness. My relationships, my God, what a mess. <laughs> <laughs> what a mess. <laughs> and I won't be too anecdotal, um, but I've definitely had some Issa situations, you know, a lot of people who know me will maybe say Kelly but that's really really not the case it's so nah. maybe a little bit of Tiffany if anybody else yeah me. definitely some <laughs> Tiffany in you not, not like overbearing but there's definitely some Tiffany in you definitely some Tiffany um aside from blonde hair and black studies <laughs> that is like you you're Tiffany has a couple different personalities and roles um, right you're not the annoying Tiffany you're the uh I don't know, the funny, petty Tiffany. The funny, petty, a little bougetto, um, will have partake in the devil's oregano if the situation is right, you know? Yeah, definitely could see you asking someone, do you have any herb? Do you have any herb? <laughs> <laughs> How about you? But um, for me, that's a good, so it's a good question. And mm -hmm. I thought about this for a while. And I hate to say it, but I'm going to say probably Lawrence. Okay. Um, How so? I thought, about, I thought about Daniel for a little bit, but Daniel was a little bit more, um, 
he had some other issues that were never really addressed. And he had some communication issues, all types of stuff with Daniel. But um, with Lawrence, just because every single season, things that happened to him, I've related to. He had he's had the most experiences that I can say. Damn, I I remember a moment like that, or I remember okay. when I was fresh. So season one, just kind of being in that rut. I've never been like on somebody's couch for years and, you know, wait, somebody waiting on me to get my stuff together like that. Man, what? But I can relate with the idea of trying to figure out what's next. Um, But season one, Lawrence, isn't really where it started. It's really season two. Yeah. I'll never forget. So, you know, hurt people hurt people. And Lawrence was still hurt off the breakup from Issa. And, you know, I've been in a space where it's similar to that. And you're just trying to navigate your way around and you indirectly hurting people. I'll never forget one of the most relatable things. This sounds terrible. Now, wow. But when Tasha told Lawrence, like, you a fuck nigga. Matter of fact, you worse than a fuck nigga. You a fuck nigga that think you a good dude. Like, mm-hmm. I've had, like, a spell where I thought I was doing everything right and then had to step back and realize, like, yo, I'm on some trash right now. Like, let me... Let me get my stuff together. Um, and you see where Lawrence is now, even though he's in the... Um, fire. Yeah, in the fire. <laughs> Not the best prediction. But you see him grow. You've seen him develop. Even if it hasn't been in areas, he's trying. He's trying to... He he recognized that, you know, he didn't... He was a man that he didn't really want to be. Like, in season mm-hmm. three, when Lawrence comes back after the Coachella episode, you know, I'm 32 years old. There's got to be more to my life than working and fucking, like... You can see that he wanted more for himself and he started on that path of getting it for him. Now he mm-hmm. still make nigga mistakes, which is how we even got to season five. But um, the ups, the downs, the humility, the acknowledgement of what you did wrong in certain situations, the ability to have those combos, the ability to put things behind you, um, the ability to kind of take your time and heal. Like all of that stuff is relatable for me. So that's why I picked Lawrence. But I- I will say I this though. You. I will say this though. Um, Chris Salter, my my boy Salt. I love him. Who hey, Rachel Salt. knows, of course. Shout out. He texts me on the regular and said, "Do you know Issa? And did she make the character Chad based off you? Like, cause Chad be <laughs> wild stuff. Not everybody knows that version of me, but like when I'm with the fellas, like I can say some off the wall crazy stuff. But Chad just be speaking it, keeping it real. Um, but Chad's my favorite. Like going right into relatable character or supporting characters. Chad's my favorite supporting character easily. No okay. question. Okay. I love Chad. <laughs> <laughs> I love Chad. And shout out to you and Lawrence for getting y'all's lives together. <laughs> yes, for real. It's real. I see. That's why I, it's probably why I defend Lawrence so much, man, because I've been there. I know it. He's done a lot of trash. He's done a lot of trash. Don't be he wrong. has. Old he has. Guy. And I'll tell you, circling back to season one, Lawrence wasn't even getting dressed. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. right, So let's have this conversation right now. All right. Mm -hmm. Not to cut you off. Let's just get right into it. Okay. Season one, Lawrence gets a lot of flack, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of it. Like people hate season one. Anytime somebody has an issue with Lawrence, they always circle back. Like he was doing this, this, and this. It's always some season one stuff. I would easily argue that season two Lawrence was way worse than season one Lawrence. Season one, Lawrence was bad for like two and a half episodes, and that's it. Okay. <laughs> he messed up Issa's birthday in episode one. And like, let me tell bump. you, 
let me tell you, I'm gonna stop you right there, bud. If you <laughs> mess up my birthday, like Chad and Thug Yoda said, you don't give a fuck about me. It's my birthday. And all they were doing was going to the movies and you couldn't even put on some jeans. <laughs> Are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? <laughs> and he's, while he's watching, he's watching a self-motivation video while he's on the couch and they telling him not to be on the couch. Exactly. Are you fucking crazy? So that gets three right there. That's three strikes. <laughs> hey, listen, can't defend that. All right. Can't defend that's, that. that's episode two when he's, you know, looking for Issa. Mm-hmm. And you know he's out trying to buy the gifts. He's still bummy and the whole nine. But after that, like once Issa comes home, I think at the end of episode two, like he starts coming on the up and up, and he realizes what he needs to do. The only other thing he really did bad in season one was uh, I don't I don't understand why he hit Issa with the "I miss you" when she was out, you know, in Malibu. Have her drive. Yeah. Home. He never told her to drive home. I don't know. Like that was just some. Like, bro, come on, you ain't got to do that, right? You know what I'm saying? Was, was the, there was, was no point because yeah. she could have saw your little raggedy Best Buy shirt when she got back. You right. knew once you opened up the door, you knew that she was gonna come back. Like that is something that so many of us women do. Um, when the person that you love and you're not in a great space with, um, and if you've been making all the effort. And once they give you a little bit, you're going to go for the gusto. And then look at what happened. My girl was in that bed or on the couch with no cushion. <laughs> so on, on the bouch. On the bouch, not the couch. On the bouch, excuse me, on the bouch. But you know what? I just want to say something else um, to Lawrence about that. And this is more so anecdotal. Um, and again, that goes to the relatability of the show. There is nothing worse than a depressed partner, especially a black man, like trying to show up and still keep it cool when there's absolutely nothing that can really pull them up out of whatever it is that they're going through. Like that shit is hard, not justifying Issa for cheating, but the shit is hard. And I can see how you be over it. Like, nigga, go get in the shower. <laughs> nah, that's real. That's real. You know, um, you know, the show touches on a lot of different topics. You know, they get more into mental health as you get into season three and four. Um, even season one, when the therapy conversation gets started with Molly. Um, but you're absolutely right. I, you can see Issa's point of view. Um, I think Derek had a conversation with Lawrence. I forget which season it was where... He told him, like, straight up, like, you know, I could see why she was attracted to somebody who was getting after it. Like, you sitting there on the couch doing nothing, brother. Like, you got to take accountability. I think that was season two. Yeah. I mean, so and going back to, I, I never gave you a chance to really answer your favorite supporting character. I know I said mine was Chad. Um, Derek's also a big one. And um, Amal, man, I'm a big fan Amal. of Amal. Amal's yes. <laughs> um, also Kelly I mean at this point I treat her like a regular but I mean you can't say enough about Kelly and Thug Yoda um, obviously that's he's an all timer like the first time we ever see Thug Yoda and the ABBs and <laughs> classic character come classic. on spelling champ <laughs> <laughs> classic Bam. character um, and me. I what about you who are your favorite supporting honestly 
I'm going to go Kelly, Chad, uh-huh. Amal. This is in no particular order. Everybody except Molly. I don't know if I've ever hated a character so much in my entire life. <laughs> so do you let me let me say this real quick. Mm-hmm. I um when it comes to people we don't like, it, it was really interesting because I don't remember feeling the same way when I was watching the show these seasons in real time. Mm-hmm. And like Dro was a sucker, like straight up sucker. Like there was nothing Dro was trash. Extremely. Like extremely. And I didn't I'm just kind of amazed by the me not catching the first time. But I'm watching the it first again. time around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you lame, man. You there's a lot to talk about with him. But <laughs> Jerome let's just go ahead. Let's definitely go ahead. Lame. Yeah, let's go ahead and just knock out the Molly conversation. Let's okay. get it out the way now because um, <laughs> you, you okay. don't, you just don't like Molly, and that's what I hate her. Hate yeah. her. So it goes back to something that you literally just said. Um, Kyron and I rewatched all four seasons to gear up for this show and uh, season five premiere. And I didn't realize in the first season how trash Molly was. And I'm like, how did I miss this? Again, let's start with episode one. It's Issa's birthday. Why can't I just enjoy my birthday dinner without you sucking up all the room in the air with your broken ass pussy? Like... I don't understand. And yes, I want to be there for you, my friend. Woo! But also, it's my birthday. You're going to commandeer the conversation? Like, she kept bringing it back. Like, oh my God, okay. <sighs> Move around. And then even um, at the club where uh, we hear the infamous Broken Pussy Freestyle, <sighs> Why did you give yourself up? Nobody had to know that that was about you. Yeah. The constant martyr, like constant martyr, hate her, (laughs) hate her. We see things throughout seasons one through, well, season three, really, like you really start to notice that she's a hater. And even um, towards the end of season three, it may have been the finale when um, Issa tells her, like, you're just on some real negative shit lately. So we we see that building up in season three. But all through season one and two, you see little jabs or little snide comments that Molly makes anytime anybody else is doing anything. And more so, namely, Issa. Because she doesn't do Tiffany like that. She doesn't do Kelly like that. But when it's Issa, eh, she always has some little slick shit to say. And I'm not here for it. Yeah. So that's um, obviously great observation and, and well said. So let me ask you a question. And I'm just kind of playing the devil's advocate in this situation because mm-hmm. our relationships, obviously, we can have a whole nother episode about that. But when it comes to Issa, first of all, it's very obvious that she does. She throws Issa a lot of shade. Mm-hmm. You think that comes from the feeling that Issa's just always in need and she's always the person that's providing or bailing Issa out for what, for lack of better terms. Do you think that that wears on her? Like, what do you think? Why do you think that Issa gets most of it? Well, she said that. (laughs) 
She said that uh, at the, the fight, block party in season yeah, four. Yeah, when she stay yeah. needing a favor. You stay needing some shit. You stay needing help. Well, bitch, that's what friends are for. Hello, Dion Warwick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that she doesn't pull it with Tiffany and Kelly. Well, one, she and Tiffany, I believe, are either line sisters or just sorority sisters in general. Um, yeah. So there's only so much shade you're going to throw them because you feel like you guys are of the same caliber. Um, you're of the same echelon. Tiffany makes money. Molly makes money. Same with Kelly. You know, she's an accountant. So socially, they're higher than Issa, who works in nonprofit, who is awkward, who not until season four, we really see her putting real clothes on, you know? <laughs> That's real. That's real. Um, so I think that Molly punches down. And the only person besides Loki Lawrence throughout the series is Issa, who she deems below her. Yeah, you can definitely tell that she looks, she doesn't look at her like an equal, but mm -hmm. they have so much time in and there is such a common bond that it's not a direct diss. And she does acknowledge that they're best friends. But when there's no balance, sometimes mm -hmm. it can lead into, you know, little slight comments like that. And you really yep. got on friendship to even check yourself because this i mean on, on molly's side it, it, it does you have to be a real friend to constantly uh you know pick up the tab or constantly be the one to go above and beyond in your head um mm -hmm. but what i mean is to do that and to just leave it there like if you're gonna be my friend you ain't gotta throw nothing in my face period like situation is so mm -hmm. that's where i can't side with molly on um i can't side with molly on how like you just said, she was super thirsty. And like, is, is, is season one Molly the worst version of Molly? It's got to be, right? Mm. That's I'm not, I don't even know why I asked you that. That's <laughs> you probably got them all evenly, evenly more. Yes. I think that we see how thirsty Molly is in season one, but we see how treacherous she is in season Four. Yeah, with that relationship with Andrew, man. God bless Andrew. Well, nope. I'm not even talking about with Andrew. I'm talking about at work with Torian, with the <laughs> other black ladies. Um, all of that, anything to get ahead. And everybody wants to perform well, but Issa told her, like, the way you moving is whack. <laughs> this shit is not cool. Or oh, that was season three. Um, where when she switches to the black firm and we yeah. sort of see how she moves. And so she kind of had to eat that and be ostracized by the other people at your new firm because you just do too much. And yeah. the snake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Molly just has a real difficult time just keeping things honest with herself. Mm -hmm. Opening up when she needs to, like when she really has something that she needs to get off her chest, she like storms away from it. Mm -hmm. We see that obviously as the example when you know we she finds out about her parents and their past, which we discussed off the podcast, like ad nauseum. Danny, <laughs> like, what are you, Molly? What are you doing? like for you to be this upset over something that you weren't even supposed to know? Um, it's something thirty years old. Yeah, and obviously they passed it. Like it passes to the point where you never knew you were in your thirties and you had no idea this even happened. 
never right. even heard your mom talking about some shit your dad might have did in 65. You never even heard any old stories of how your daddy was raggedy. Your and old brother. You yeah. have, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I'm saying, yeah, you have this visceral reaction to something that really has nothing to do with you, not so quiet as it's kept. And I like it, which I think what you were about to say in season four, where her brother goes, you know, dads is niggas too. <laughs> they just all grown up. That's yeah. one of my favorite quotes of the whole series because that's real. Um, and I understand I'm a daddy's girl. I love my daddy. But I recognize that that nigga is a nigga. <laughs> <laughs> it just is what it is. It's just life, you know. And right. It's just hard. You know, sometimes it's hard to see people in different lights. But, um, yeah, even her own brother, the same one we're talking about, he knew when he didn't say anything to Molly. And he didn't say anything. Yep. Or what? Like, what's what? What is this going to do for anybody? So, man, she's got a lot of up and downs. Like, I do see moments, like I said, just to bail Molly out a little bit. I see moments <laughs> where she tries to recognize and tries to do better, but she gets in her own way. It's almost like it's so natural for her that she can't even help it. Um, yes. She just gets in her own way. She does too much. And like I said, she needs to be honest. I think Andrew asked her in season four, what are you fighting for? Like, why are you even, like, at some point, Molly needs to figure out what it is that she's even trying to accomplish in life. Mm-hmm. I think going back to Issa, Issa had a conversation with her when, like, all right, going to make partner? You're going to be by yourself? Right. Like, what you're working on right now? Like, find out what it is that's really going to make you happy and then try to stick to that. Um, yeah, Molly, she's she's one of a kind, that's for sure. <laughs> Very polarized. Very polarizing. Very polarizing. Although I don't know many people who ride for her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm interested to see if y'all do. Like, please hit us up. I'm definitely trying yeah, to hear. Please let me know so yeah, I can I'm tell here. you how wrong you are. But <laughs> <laughs> I still would like to know so I can judge you accordingly. Also, <laughs> absolutely. I want to hear from Molly Defenders. I want to really hear, see what I'm missing because she uh, each time the well. relationship. You said what? I say, I say, um, each time I watch it, I'm like, man, this is a difficult relationship. Like any insert Molly and whoever. Yep. It's a, it's a difficult relationship. And Not saying this is all her fault. It's all her blame. But man, things are a, little, a lot rockier than they need to be. So yeah, she makes it hard. You like this shit as much as she talks about Easter liking things messy. Molly, let's be real. You live for the drama. Facts. That's wow. it. Hater, <laughs> couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, real quick, mm-hmm. can you think of a show with a better soundtrack? Like, I've never seen, I don't know if how many shows have just never missed on music ever. I cannot think of a single one, I cannot think of a single one that gets it right every time. And there are so many songs that I got hip to just because of their insecure placement. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A lot of like, not just songs, but like bangers. Bangers. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I can't think. I'm trying to sit here and running through my black show Rolodex and no. A shout out to Raphael Sadiq. <laughs> yeah, he really does his thing with this um, as a music coordinator. I forget what it's, the director of music. I don't know his exact title, but he runs the music for the show and it's phenomenal. Like really even older songs, like in the episode, the Thanksgiving episode in season four, just them ending that episode with Lawrence and Issa going back. <laughs> case you know, of the X. Yeah, case <laughs> of the X with Maya. You know, <laughs> like 
just everything fit and everything makes mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. That, the finale to season one, BJ the Chicago Kid, Heart Cry. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember which episode it was. Amber Marks cover of Love is Stronger Than Pride. Um, so many songs. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they always fit the mood. They do an incredible job with that. I just wanted to take some time to shout that out because the soundtrack, I mean, literally, you can just take every song that they play. And I did that. I, I, I located Insecure Soundtracks on title. On title, uh, There's another one, which I think is more so the quote-unquote official one. And that's on Spotify. So um, if you ever have a chance. And that one, I think, is updated fairly regularly. Um, and oh. it's not separated by season. It's just all the Insecure songs. All right. I'm about to do that. Mm -hmm. Title, but I'll definitely check it out for a look. Yeah, I'm a title girl myself. <laughs> so let's talk about seasons. Let's kind of okay. get with, let's get into favorite seasons. Okay. Um, we're gonna break these down so for the listeners out there. We're gonna break this down, kind of leading up to season five. So we'll discuss season one, two, three, and four. I know we sprinkled some things in as we got to this point, but before we get right into that, Rachel, do you have a favorite season? Do you did you rank the seasons? What do you think? Okay, my favorite seasons are. One, two, and four. Um, season three is my least favorite season. However, it really, really set us up nicely for season four. Yep, absolutely. Um, I have season two. One and four are a toss-up for me, depending on the day. You know, I'll tell you which one is my favorite. And then three also is my least favorite. Like you said, it did a great job of setting up season four. Um, but just as a top to bottom season, I really, I think it was very um, top heavy. Yes. Mm -hmm. We ended the way season two ended and then transitioning right into Daniel. And for the first time having that time with Daniel, even if it was only for three episodes, mm -hmm. uh, as kind of like the central male and get a little bit more into his life, even scenes without Issa. Yeah. Um, I think that was just interesting from a viewer standpoint and seeing how that was going to end and the show did a smart thing where they they took four episodes and didn't have Lawrence in it. Like mm -hmm. a lot of shows would have tried to force that character or really try to squeeze him in some way. And they let the they let the time breathe like a real breakup. Like this person's no longer in my life. Like right. That's usually how it works. You bump in bump into him somewhere, whatever the case is. Even though they kind of left with the closure conversation. Um, I like the fact that they didn't have him in those first few episodes. But other than that, like I said, season three and it's got good moments. And, and I guess you'll probably, I'm sure you'll agree. Their worst season, which we think is season three, is still better than 90% of television. So, yes, <laughs> it's just by your standards. It didn't do as much for me as the other ones. But right. I think for me, um, it goes to what you said, but I wish that we would have gotten a little bit more of daniel's backstory um in those first four episodes um we see that he's shady i mean we knew that with the whole um i nut situation <laughs> i won't even get the whole big deal behind that but maybe i like my woman a particular I, type of freak so listen I, I probably would not have reacted as such but i would like to let me know or let me say that that is what i want you to do but because Issa wasn't ready for it, now she got a <laughs> pink eye. <laughs> it's a carpool. Uh, <laughs> it's a carpool. Hey, but, man, that's what um, my favorite. I don't know why that's so funny to me. Issa? 
it's a carpool. Uh, but yeah, so we we agree. Like I said, I think we have the favorite seasons and um, enjoy each one of those first three um, in a similar fashion. Yeah. All right, Rachel, I know we talked about our favorite seasons um, and kind of ranked those, but what do you think about favorite episodes? Favorite episodes? Okay. Season by season, I definitely go, I definitely have to go with the opener in season one, Insecure as Fuck, because, you know, yep. that's really how you open the show. But then I'm going to go to episode three, Racist as Fuck, where we get um our secret white emails um as well as (laughs) (laughs) exactly and then you know uh the finale broken as fuck because wow what a finale we get malibu we get the incredible college wipe me down nostalgia and then the notorious lawrence and tasha first sex scene (laughs) Notorious, you know? Notorious. 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 You missed earlier. Yeah. Infamous even. That's that Twitter ablaze. (laughs) Ablaze, okay? Um, I can still hear the skin smacking as we Yo, like, (laughs) yo, like, for those out there listening, if you remember that, if you were watching it live, that was a moment. That that was just the Best Buy shirt pan to the, you know what I mean? Tasha getting the cheek clapped. (laughs) <laughs> the cheeks were literally clapping, okay? Yeah. Like, And it's the eruption, I remember just after everything that just happened from there, I'm looking at this from season one perspective, everything that happened up to that point, I just remember standing up like, Lawrence, my dog! Like, <laughs> I feel so happy for him, man. Um, well, I didn't I, have the I, same I, reaction. Huh? I didn't have the same reaction. Yeah, sure you didn't. <laughs> Looking at it now, you know, it's still, you know, I look, I can look at it from a different perspective. But at that time, and that's, we only had eight episodes of Insecure ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that's when I remember that day like yesterday. But obviously the way I'm talking about it, that's my favorite episode from season one. Um, the, the pilot, like you said, it was just perfect. You know, your outfit settled for less. Uh, <laughs> I think racist as fuck was, is that the same is that the same episode where they found um the video? Um, it was like, damn, Miss Issa Thick. I I believe so, actually. Yeah, yeah. So I can't remember for sure. Oh but no, I... no, 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 no! It's season. Uh, that's episode four, Thirsty okay. as Fuck with Career Day. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, because that's the episode before Daniel uh, Game Visa. Exactly. So exactly. yeah. But yeah, episode eight, Broken as Fuck, my favorite episode from the season. I also like the ones that you mentioned. Um, I'll I'll slide into season two. Okay. And it's got to be the the finale again, episode eight, Hella Perspective. Mainly because, and I'm a big fan of episode seven too. For So episode seven was a big deal just because Issa and Lawrence had that first angry talk. Right, Derek's birthday, for those who don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, yeah, rando, the, the rando that uh, came to Derek's birthday, which is a perner, which I know we'll talk about, but they had that first. There's a, there's a, there's a moment when things go south with somebody you're dating, mm-hmm. and things might end badly, um, or not on the best of terms, and you kind of avoid each other like the plague. Like you still getting the text messages from friends, like, hey, did you know Lawrence is gonna be there? You know, Issa gonna be there? Whatever the whole case is. 
Um, so people are tiptoeing around the whole subject and then you finally see it. And for that manner, um, I know we're going to talk about favorite quotes, but it must have been a sale on dental. Like <laughs> our favorite quotes of the whole series. Kelly's stupid. But I love him, that. Yeah. Him bringing another woman. Um, you got Molly's situation, dealing with seeing Candace for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like, it was just beautifully done as far as the realism and uh, that moment, like them being outside and just having a real heated, hurtful argue, ar- um, argument and conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Leading that into season or episode eight, excuse me, which was, I'm a big fan of just crafty storytelling. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the title, Hella Perspective, we got three different perspectives of the same episode. I love when shows do that and they get creative. Um, so you have vantage points of the same events. We're all at the race, we're at, um, you know, the Mexican restaurant when Molly and Lawrence are there at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, nine. I just loved it. And were you ever confused or did you ever get tricked by the, last scene i guess when lawrence and isa had to talk did you really think he was proposing in real time um i didn't uh the the pregnant pause uh no pun uh (laughs) (laughs) the pregnant pause right before he drops down and isa sort of stares off into the distance i knew that that was going to be a dream sequence just with what we know about tv and film and what distant stairs usually symbolize so i knew that that was not going to be something real agreed agreed um did you have anything else for season two any other episodes you wanted to shout out oh yeah definitely um but i want to speak to what you were saying about um episode seven hella disrespectful uh which again was Derek's birthday dinner that is also one of my favorite episodes and you have to remember we are just coming off of Tiffany telling Issa about um, about Tasha. So yep. you still have Tasha fresh on the brain, and then now you show up with the partner. Come on now, <laughs> that's real. That's a whole. Thing. I didn't even think of it like that. Yeah, about one girl, and there's a whole different girl. Exactly, exactly. So that is a lot of that argument, that tension. Like, what the hell? How many bitches are there? Um, and it makes so, a lot of sense as to why, you know, the first thing Issa said, when it, you couldn't wait to parade whoever in front of me and my friends. Exactly. Because at that point, that's what she thought. Like, oh, not this girl, so I'm going to do another one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know how y'all do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so my other favorite episodes are um, the premiere, hella great, because we get the wind down. We get um, classic Lines like <laughs> you beaut and you thick. Um, <laughs> Straight up, we shout get out to the Pepe. blood walking in the middle of Issa's living room. <laughs> it's just another, choreography. <laughs> hey, another one of my favorite quotes. Who speaker is this? I'm about to benek. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then I want to say I'm gonna go to episode three, which is hella open, where we get the cookout with Tasha's family. <laughs> um, that was. I, Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I think that we see Lawrence um, struggle with kind of what he's trying to do, even though Chad had already hipped us to Lawrence playing in Tasha's face. um, I think this episode, we really see that he's not on it. You know, Uh, we see that maybe he's not as stand up of a guy as we think he is. I mean, because again, you a fuck nigga who think you're a good dude. Hello. That was perfect from Tasha. And I think those were my top. Oh, and um, 
Kiss and Grind. <laughs> Hella LA. Just <laughs> Kiss and Grind was one of those episodes where I wish it was happening where I was. Like I wish that that following that upcoming weekend, I there was a Kiss and Grind going on in the city that I could have exactly. went to. You know what I'm saying? It just looked like everything you would kind of expect LA to be. And the right. crazy thing is there's probably like five Kiss and Grinds that same day in LA. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. I think that was yeah. the name of the episode, wasn't it? Hella LA. It just Hella felt LA. Los Angeles yep. episode. <laughs> Hella LA. Um, and what I really love about it is it gives us the backstory into really so much of the remainder of the season. We see Dro's inappropriate ass um grinding on Molly, and then he tells us that they're do open. That. Well, emotional do that to you. <laughs> so, okay. If you don't slow wine and grind on slow motion, what are you really doing? Yeah, sit down or leave. Sit down. Sit down. Yeah, do <laughs> because you have to whine when yeah, you hear you slow to. motion. Like, that's just an automatic. And that's what he, I mean, the DJ blessing is that's what he doing or she doing. Excuse me. <laughs> right. Because Sid was the DJ. And um, we see Issa and Daniel reconnect. Mm hmm. Uh, and so that's pivotal because, you know, they hadn't seen each other since the gala in season one. So here is Issa's apology, which was awkward. And then, you know, uh, Daniel sees Issa gets dissed by Folix, a.k.a. Felix. Issa's <laughs> <laughs> so awkward, man. It's so awkward. It's so awkward. Bless her heart. And then, you know, they reconnect at the end of the episode where Kelly in true Kelly form is being fingered under the table like ma'am what is going on this is a public health situation straight up <laughs> Kelly don't care you already know what that hey what my man say uh when I saw you and I knew, I knew it was fajita that's a wrap <laughs> it's a wrap <laughs> <laughs> the writers are in point so it's those were my favorites in um in season two yeah, and then you know what? Before we get on to season three, I don't even know how I forgot to even mention. I spent that time talking about my favorite episode, the finale. The biggest thing about the finale was us finding out that Issa's knocking on Daniel's door at the end, and that kind Come of led season three. Like, whoa! Like, didn't see this coming. Um, at you know, all. you see the friend request from Lawrence on her way over there, and then right when you think it's over, based off that conversation, which another favorite quote of mine. Uh, when she get when they're on the way to Derek's birthday party and she gets and slams a mall door, what's wrong with you, niggas? Niggas. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, all right, then he's like, you made that very convincing. But I mean, that always it. Hey, let you uh, <laughs> rolling into season three. Um, I know we both discussed that this was our least favorite season of Insecure. Um, episode wise, what are you thinking? Episode wise. I'm going to go with episode five, which is highlight Coach Ella. That was the perfect episode. It was funny. It was sexy. Um, Kelly being tased. They're on the Molly in the middle of the desert. Tiffany's high pregnant ass with the um with the brownie. Like it was so much. Um and then I'm gonna go to Episode six, ready well, light. Don't forget about the return of Lawrence in that episode either. Oh, <laughs> yeah, don't try to dish. I know that ain't your your guy, nothing, but don't disrespect Lawrence. Hop. Like, that was a return of Lawrence. That was a big moment. We hadn't seen How Lawrence. Could I forget Chlamydia? Pretty much five episodes at that point. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, that was that was Lawrence's uh debut mid season. And boy, did he come in with the bang. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Literally and figuratively, exactly. exactly. Oh man. Um, and then my second favorite was Ready Like, which is um Tiff's baby shower, because we see um Tiffany pregnant as hell with her pictures, <laughs> her um odes to herself and icons, Beyonce, Cardi B, and then her own original interpretation of herself as an yep. icon in the maternity pictures yep, were introduced. Yep, we're introduced to Condola. Um, uh-huh. We find out that Dro and Candace are expecting. Mm-hmm. And we see Issa and Lawrence again coming through with the banter like, okay, things aren't great, but at least now we can speak and it's not tumultuous. And that's a great place to be with somebody you spend five years on a journey with. But then, I guess maybe even most importantly, we see the breakdown of Kelly and Tiffany's relationship, um, they had been um, alluded, they had alluded to it in previous episodes, you know, when there was a separate group chat. Um, but this episode, you know, it really came to a head with the whole planning of the baby shower and the girls not being included and Kelly's Gladys Night cupcakes <laughs> not being allowed to be displayed. <laughs> One of my favorite quotes is her saying, you better midnight train these motherfuckers (laughs) to the table. I was just about to say that one, man. That's a classic Kelly line right there. Classic Kelly. (laughs) Classic Kelly. So that's one of my favorites. How about you? Uh, Yeah, I love that episode as well. Uh, I'll I'll go back to the Coachella episode. Um, That was my favorite episode of the season. Uh, one thing I learned about this season was it was it had a lot of great moments, just not necessarily great episodes. Um, yes. There are spots that I enjoyed, but that, I mean, like you said, Coachella was highlight um, was the title. That's one of the best episodes they've done, like throughout mm-hmm. the entire series. Um, it was just perfect from top to bottom. You covered everything. Just to piggyback off what you said about Ready Like, one of the things that I um, I really enjoyed was the the conversation about we're always going to have life shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it just speaks to how the older you get, it's hard to keep real, genuine, close friends. Absolutely. It takes it takes work. Like, both sides have to actually, like, put some effort into it. So I just love the aspect of, like, yo, we really going to be who we say we are. We got to put that work in. We can't always blame it on something that's going on. And it, it makes you choose, like, is this something I really want to continue or is this something that's... Um, you know, is this something that's worth holding on to? And you got to put the work in and make the time for it. Right. Especially, you know, real friendships are really, really hard to come by. Yeah, um, absolutely. And friendship breakups are very hard. I mean, I know we'll get into it um, <laughs> as we see the breakdown later of Issa and Molly, but they're really, really hard to come back from. But the one thing, although season three is both of our least favorites, what I will say about it is that it set us up perfectly for season four. Absolutely. They did a great job of that. And I think I discussed earlier about um, just getting more of Daniel and seeing that whole aspect because we never really got I know we still want more, but as you just transition right into season four, um, mm-hmm. a lot of good episodes. Like I said, this is like my second favorite season, I'd say, um, between this and season one. Okay, and- same. 
Yeah, so it's a toss-up between the two. Low-key Thankful was one of my favorite. Um, I really love the Issa Amal aspect of the episode, them getting their time. Mm-hmm. to. It wasn't any, like, they weren't cracking on each other. They were really brother, sister, and having real conversations. And the things that he told her in that episode, um, you know, you got the right to feel whatever you want to feel. Issa breaking down it, she feel that she got the person with potential and condolence reaping the benefits of her time with him. Like that was like a real conversation. That's a real feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think about that episode? Um, low key thankful was also one of my favorite episodes just because it was so funny. It reminded me of my brother, Chris and I, Hey Chris, um, just as an adult, our relationship has shifted so much. And just that sibling banter, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, the um, older it, it Molly, I, really I, funny. Yeah, ahead. I'm sorry, I don't know his name, but Molly's older brother, like the banter that he gives back and forth, even the talk that he had uh, with Molly in the kitchen about how long don't let it stretch out. Your mm-hmm. quote that you mentioned, like dad's his niggas too, <laughs> just all grown dad's up. Dad's his niggas too, just all grown up. That like, is really a life like- lesson. That is a proverb. That's facts. That needs to be on the shirt somewhere or some kind of like somebody's yearbook quote. I don't know. Something. Right. But um, maybe that should be a podcast name. Should name it a podcast. definitely should be. Ooh. Or hey, if we make it a t-shirt, Issa, please don't um sue us. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't want no smoke. Um, but no if you listen, smoke. we definitely, we made, we did something right. Um, but yeah, I love that episode. I love the banter, like you said. Um, I'll also say low-key moving on. Obviously, that's season five. That's the midpoint. This was the first season that had 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, see the Molly Issa breakup. We saw it building. I mean, hell, the season started with Molly talking on the phone, which we find out came later in the season, that she wasn't messing with Molly. And we just right. finally blow over. And it looked like for a second it was going to be cool. Let's let's kind of talk about this episode real quick, just because okay. um, the reason why it blew up is obviously... I think in a previous episode, Issa needed help with getting an artist for her block party. Mm-hmm. Andrew works at Rock Nation, or if I'm not mistaken, um, works somewhere in the music industry. Obviously, Molly's dating Andrew. Issa's looking for a look. Molly set boundaries, said no. They blow up over it. What do you think about that situation? Was Issa out of, was she wrong to be reaching out to, she didn't reach out to Andrew directly, but reach out to Nathan. Was she wrong for that? No. Okay. No, she absolutely was not wrong for that. <laughs> and that is a hill that I'm willing to die on. Okay, let's get into it. So like you said, Issa opens up the episode saying that she doesn't fuck with Molly. Okay? Right. You and I both rewatched the series um, in preparation for season five coming up. And I don't know how I missed it, but Molly was shading Issa from the beginning of the series. There are always little snide comments, snide remarks about anything Issa's really trying to do. When we get to moving on, if you go back to episode one, when they are getting ready for the mixer, Molly says, well, you know, you know people too. Andrew works for Live Nation, okay? Mm -hmm. So you put the bug in Issa's ear in episode one that Andrew could be a resource. That's a very great observation. I didn't even pick I missed that the first time. I just caught that on the rewatch. So 
that was something that was very important to me. But then in that same episode, like I said, Molly was shady. She tells Andrew that this is homegrown. So you're already putting a bad taste in your boyfriend's mouth about your friend, about an endeavor that she's trying to do, you know? So I yeah. didn't like um, And if I need help, you're my best friend, quote unquote, I need you to help me. <laughs> yeah, that very same episode when they first, when Molly showed up, she said, I didn't expect you. Why, why wouldn't I show up? I'm your best friend. I'm your best friend. Okay, but yeah. you weren't even going to go. Remember the dialogue while she was trying to figure out something to wear. You don't want to be here. You're just coming just to say that you showed up because, hey, this is what best friends do. I show up. But really, you could have kept your ass at home. I mean, low key. And I think Issa was expecting it and probably would have been more comfortable if that was the case. Um, because exactly. she, I, you can tell she just got to a point she didn't want that energy around her. And, um, Period. you know, it just... It, whatever people feel about it, I think it does go to show that Molly really was the only one with an issue. Obviously, Vince Staples' manager was thanking Andrew for the look. Andrew didn't have a problem stepping in. He knew that they weren't in the best of space, but he was like, you know, she needed help. And this is, I mean, nobody's losing from this. So exactly. The only one really bugging out. Yes, you can make the argument that she had every right because as a friend, maybe you shouldn't overstep boundaries, but at the same time, you can, everything you said, I, I believe in as well. So we'll but let people... That's that and have their own argument. Go ahead. But here's the thing. Molly's boundary was that she didn't want to be in the middle of it. Okay. Like Issa said, I took you out of the middle of it. Yep. I That's took true. you out of it. You're not involved. It didn't affect you in any way, form or fashion, but you couldn't let Issa have this one moment, just like you couldn't let her have the moment at the mixer in episode one. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime Issa's feeling high, Molly, for whatever reason, rains on her parade. Every single time we see it in at least one episode every season. Yeah, she really came at her. She came at her there. She came at her in the, um, the Thanksgiving episode when they were in the grocery store. Like, it was real bad. It um, was it, real bad. Like, yeah, if you're my best point, friend. Like, it was like, hold up. Like, yo, you got to chill. Exactly. If you're my best friend, you're not coming at me like that. Whether you like who I'm sleeping with or not, why are you throwing that in my face in that capacity? Like, you the one sleeping with TSA for toiletries. Uh, bitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just got real serious. Like, you know I mean? Exactly. She didn't ask him for those things. He just gave them because he really enjoyed. Like, she really himself. made it sound like Issa's like, you can come through if you if you bring this, uh, you know, bring an eighth and bring a bottle. Right, right. So I, I don't know. I don't think I've ever disliked a character in a TV show more than Molly. Yeah, nah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> she has her I want moments. to fight her. She has her moments, but I know it's not as bad with me as it is with her. But she's definitely, uh, she's definitely not the most fan favorite, I guess, out of anybody. Not um, at all. My favorite episode of the season, and we touched on it earlier, it might be my favorite episode of the entire series, is Low-Key Happy, season four, episode eight. What we, a beautiful episode. It goes to what you had mentioned earlier um, about the baby shower episode in season three, where you get back to some like playful banter and kind of some some form of normalcy with mm -hmm. somebody you shared an intimate relationship war with for that long. Mm -hmm. And then full circle moment of it. Like from this is you saw them getting everything that they wanted from episode one. Everything that Issa was complaining about that she was lacking from Lawrence. Mm -hmm. 
saw here in episode eight of season four, um, the person that Lawrence wanted to be, um, the things that he wanted to accomplish, he's that in this episode. It just, it was a beautiful moment, beautifully shot. Um, I mean, you can't fake that. That's one thing I love. You can't fake the time and the connection you have with people. You absolutely cannot. Their dialogue, the entire episode just showed how comfortable they were with each other. Um, how well right. they out of every single scene from him finding out that she had actually been to the restaurant to even the opening when she falls and busts her ass. <laughs> just you need a minute? Like everything about it was just incredible. Um, the banter with the team, brah, brah, brah. you know. Oh, we like, used to get it in. Yeah, yeah, hey, that was hey, that's one of my favorite characters too. I know he only had a couple episodes, but he was comedy. Yeah, but, shout uh, out to Curtis. Yeah, shout out to the prawn joints, you know. Um, yeah, everything that you said is spot on. And I wanna say that this episode was really our first real time seeing Issa and Lawrence genuinely be playful and happy um and we see their connection we see why um they were together for so long and what could have been the beautiful things about their relationship before Lawrence was depressed on the couch for however many years of this five-year relationship you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay he didn't have no haircut (laughs) that's real and and I don't know if you're going to touch on it the one thing I did mean to say another reason this episode was so beautiful is the honesty of it um you and me always call it the no eggshells episode and i just love that term and how he set the you know they kind of set that ground earlier as soon as they get to the restaurant like we know each other too well for that like we we're know not, each other too well yep exactly we're not about to go back we're not about to they kept it raw and honest the entire time and that's the ultimate level i think you want to get with somebody um regardless of what kind of relationship it is friendship you want to get where you're just 100 percent yourself and you don't have to feel like you're changing or tiptoeing around anything for anyone exactly no 100 it's such a mute a beautiful place to get back to somebody who you have such a shared history with you know so whether or not they got back together what a good way to sort of have this 360 we're honest now we're in a place we can have the conversations that we could not have had two years ago a year ago, you know, and and we see peaks of that when um, Issa and Lawrence are talking when Condola comes up uh, with the Jada line, you know, who died, you know, Jada, you know, <laughs> right. Jada? like, so we see a little bit of their banter bit by bit, um, mostly in season four, but this episode uh, low-key happy it really put it on full display and they are just two beautiful ass people to look at like my god <laughs> i love it it's one of my favorite episodes of the series um yeah. i can watch it back to back on repeat as a matter of fact during my rewatch i did uh go ahead and play it back just because it was so beautiful and funny it, it was everything that you, it's everything that the show wanted to be or expected to be. It, it hit mm-hmm. every uh, every reason why you fell in love with this show. It, it covered. I mean, you said it perfectly. Um, like you said, it was one of my favorites of the whole series. 
incredible. I can't say any more about it. As we just kind of wrap things up and get on, we got a couple more categories we just want to cover. But okay, um, I know we talked about. I mentioned some of my favorite lines. I got a couple more. Did you have any just random favorite quotables that you wanted to go through? Oh, definitely. Okay, so I already said you butte and you thick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, in season two. Episode seven. Um, it goes, you know, Lawrence is a safe driver. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. And then circling <laughs> back, you one of them rule following niggas. <laughs> okay, hey, that's what, yeah, I had that on my list too. You one of them rule following niggas. Okay, then. Um, Tasha, you a fuck nigga who thinks he's a good dude. That's a forever favorite. Um, <laughs> women was wearing that out after that uh, episode. Right, right. Um, Kelly, while she's uh, making the crooked diaper cake or her cupcakes, congratulations on your skin, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely that's, a good one. That's such a good one. Um, and then Issa asking Condola um, at her job, ask, inquiring about uh, who her boo was. Um, is he a tall loser named Dro? That's one of my favorites because Dro really is a tall loser. <laughs> yeah, subtle shade too. It was real subtle shade. Um, it was real it, subtle shade. Yeah, um, you so it, caught up in a moment of what's going on that you almost miss it if you weren't paying attention. It, exactly, exactly. Um, and then, is it a gun? Is it a knife? This is my life. <laughs> Uh, at the end of the block party when Molly in true Molly fashion and then Kelly coming back nigga I'm from Philly right what what happened to your accent so yeah all of that um in season four I want to go to Andrew while they're on the plane headed to that horrible vacation that again Molly ruined um we're an economy plus and I want all the pluses. That's one of my favorite things, especially as a uh, frequent traveler. Give me all the perks. Absolutely. I want my <laughs> I want my wine. I want my champagne. Give it to me. So yeah. those yeah. are some of my They trying to these airlines, man, they'll get over on you if you let them. Oh, they definitely will. You have to know your rights. <laughs> Straight up. Oh, how about you? What are some of your other favorite lines? Um, I love when Chad said, What's up with you and our girl? Last time you said you didn't give a fuck about her. Nah, I said I forgot her birthday. Same thing. Same thing. Come on, Chad, with the bars. Yeah, I love I love that line. Um, we already talked about the Benek line. You one of them rule following ass niggas. Uh when Dro sees them at Kissing Girl, look at y'all looking at each child, and everybody laughs. Kelly's like, Who's who's Michelle? And there's just that awkward silence and look around. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um speaking of Destiny's Child, the one of the in the Coachella episode when she said she better do she better do bugaboo. <laughs> <laughs> Beyonce uh, or bust. Hello. Kelly just got a lot of them. Mari said there must have been a sale on denim. Um Derek had one of my favorite lines. Tiff had this guy at her job, Fred. Fred and I had to talk. Fred's gone now. Fred's gone now. Okay. Yeah, when that conversation about just dudes and the, you know, Chad followed up with women don't need men friends. That's just extra dick around for no reason. <laughs> of course. Of course, that's Chad. 
Yeah, so I mean, we could go all day with that, but those are just some of the standouts and some of the memorables from um, from throughout the series. I cannot believe I forgot these. Um, in season four, episode six, when Issa is on her Good Samaritan shit and Loki done, how could I forget George? Every line that George <laughs> said was funny. Every single line. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if you're gonna help a nigga, help the nigga. That's a top right. two. Um, I won't hit a lady, but I smack a bitch or something like that. George would have got kicked out. George got kicked out. He goes, uh, "Don't let this rheumatoid fool you. <laughs> I still got grip, bruh." <laughs> Sorry, if you don't get your old ass out of here, please. Yeah, like he, yeah, Issa was she a real one for that. Definitely. Yeah, you really try to, to do go. the right thing for people and they just take it too far. Uh, what about favorite show within the show? Oh, my, my fault. Did you have another one? Oh, no. you That's enough. Okay. <laughs> all um, of them. Um, all of them. Favorite show within a show is definitely Due North. Yeah, I agree. I hate I, slavery. <laughs> I agree. The fact, I knew the show was a big deal when I saw Regina King playing the show within the show. Exactly. Exactly. Oh uh, yeah, they they out here fooling. But yeah, easily do north. That was the best one. Oh, let that was the most complete. <laughs> we forgot that the quarter was two when Chaz yelling at the show. Oh, let the bitch read. Oh, let the bitch read. <laughs> yeah, do north was a classic. I would have. I, I low key might have been one of them watching that show too. Oh, one thousand uh, percent. Yeah, so let's just kind of get into predictions for season five. You know, we've we've talked a lot about these episodes and mm-hmm. the relationships and the people. What do you predict for season five with each character? What do you think we end things in the world of Insecure? Okay. Um, I actually don't think Issa and Lawrence get back together. Okay. I think that that baby is such a an issue that um, they just can't really get past that. Like, maybe we can be cool, but that's not really what I want. Um, And circling to Condola, uh, with that, I think that she and Issa, because Issa's going to blow up, I feel like. I think that with the success of the Black Party and um, at the end of season four, they were trying to plan the little wellness situation, the soul cycle maybe or something to that effect. Yep. I think that she's going to continue to do um, events in Black spaces in L.A. And again, that is Condola's arena. So I think that they're still going to see each other and that previously friendly banter in what could have been a really good friendship um, now was tense. And it may not be tumultuous, but it's definitely not going to be um something easy to navigate i think that's definitely going to be um something where tensions are high and we see that throughout the series um or throughout the season let me ask you this let me Uh cut in i know you said you don't think lawrence and Issa get back together do you think we start the season with them trying um oh that is a great question um, yes. Okay. Because I have no idea how the season is going to start. Part of me wants to say yes as well. Like, I think she's going to give it a shot. But I don't think it lasts long. And I mean, like, within the first two episodes, it's dead. 
Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you because side babies are uh, hard to navigate. <laughs> hey, I don't even know what to say to that. I'm not, uh, I'm not even touching it. It's hard touch. to maneuver around that. So, um, yeah, uh, like Cisco said, it's love enough. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What else, what else you got for predictions, man? I ain't messing with you. <laughs> I think that Nathan will continue to um, pursue Issa because now he has an end. I think, you know, he tried to give it his respect, even though he was being a hater at first. Um, definitely. Definitely being a hater. But I think now that he sees, once he sees that she's open, I think that he will shoot his shot again. Um, I really want to see more of a mall in season five in whatever capacity like i really want to see more of him because he is a scene stealer absolutely um, i think condola and lawrence they try to co-parent but it's not going to be smooth sailing because lawrence is going to feel like um she trapped him and that he ruined she ruined his plans because that's how lawrence is going to think because you know he doesn't have any accountability he struggles with that um I don't think Chad and Leah get married. <laughs> yeah, this is this will be wedding number two. But you know what Loki is something very far left field. There is no inkling we've not seen any of this. I think Kelly Loki like randomly gets married to somebody. That it would not surprise me. As a matter of <laughs> fact, Kelly's in a zone where you can say anything about what happens with that character and it wouldn't surprise me. Like and I it wouldn't I'm, be surprising. Yeah, she she's reached a certain level within a character of anything makes sense. Right, because she's I would so unpredictable. It. Unpredictable. I would believe any kind of headline you get. Well, however a story unwinds, it's believable for me. Um, mm -hmm. How about you? So, all right, I, I told you I think that maybe they start, but I agree that Issa don't end up together. <sighs> I don't think Lawrence ends up taking the job in San Francisco. I think he ends up staying in LA. He got to stay for that baby. Yeah, I don't. I don't see him as the type that's going to be doing having that kind of distance from his child. Mm -hmm. Condola's going to be the Condola Lawrence is going to be a headache situation. Pause. Yeah. You are one thousand percent correct. Yeah, that's just Condola I, told him that you can be as involved as you want or not. That's gonna be a mess. It's not even that she said it, it's the way she said it too. Like when you watch that scene, she meant that. She meant that, and you just know this is gonna be like I that's that moment when you realize, man, I really fucked up picking a baby mom. Ain't that it? This is gonna <laughs> like you know, that's this is gonna be some shit for the next 18 years. Mm -hmm. Got a lot mm -hmm. more hopefully they can, you know, find some common ground, but I just don't see it. Um, you can right. tell in the trailer when you see uh, Kiki Palmer is one of Condola's girls, and this is going to be a lot. Um, it is. Issa and Molly, um, I think that I don't think you end this show without them on good terms. But I think this whole season, as much as we saw the the breakdown of the relationship from the middle of season three to the middle of season four, or actually the end of season four it's going to take just as long to get back to where they were if they ever get back. And I just, if they ever get back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that the show is going to keep it realistic. It's not going to be some fairy tale ending. 
Um, but I do think we are, we're going to end this season and this series with, you know, we're going to be feeling good about where the relationship is and the fact that they both care enough to really want to salvage it. I right. think, you know, as I mentioned earlier, that's the heart of the show, that relationship, that black woman to black woman relationship and that friendship. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see the show um, spinning that on his head too much. But I, I am curious to see how they're going to tell the story about, hey, sometimes you do fall out with people you're close with. What's that look like when you're trying to get back? We see it, you know, when when um, Issa's asking Kelly, like, how how long was it before you and Tiffany got back back? You know, so she you can see they're laying the groundwork for it. Um, I'm curious to see who we're going to, if we're going to see any old faces one last time. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really it's been a long time since we've seen Daniel. I wonder if he's going to pop up for one reason or another. I think we may see Daniel at one of Issa's events. Yeah, possibly, possibly. And the only reason I think is just because he plays such a big part in the early success of this show. I think it just would be a good hurrah. And I'm sure they do the, you know, the right thing. I think we're all past the point of Daniel being a love interest for Issa. Right. Just see an old familiar face, um, similar to Frida. Um, that's somebody who I always thought was funny and just in her own quirky way. And I, it'd be cool to see. I think they did a little hint when she commented on one of Issa's posts. I forget what season that was, season three. And then she had, like, I don't know if do you remember that when they had the narrative? Yes. Um, and she posted for, she was looking for Nathan. Yeah. Mom uh, called her thirsty. Yeah. Mom <laughs> called her thirsty. It was like, oh, shirt twins or whatever it was. Right. Um, it, I actually, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, nah, I was going to say it would be nice to see Frida again. I actually don't think we see Frida again because um, there was a recent interview that just came out. Um, I don't want to say all hip hop. I don't want to misquote it. Um, But in the interview, um, Issa goes on to say where in the early seasons, she was told that they had to have a white character so that white people would be interested um yeah, and so she broke away from that so that is the only reason i don't think we see frida unless in true frida quirky ally behavior <laughs> she is randomly at some event in iwood <laughs> you know so yeah. i think that would be the only case in which we see frida yeah, it's just the only reason she really comes to mind is because of how many times they mention her afterwards. I remember um, the episode where Lawrence was saying, hey, I saw Frida at Target having a Sophie's Choice Have moment. Have a Sophie's Choice moment. Um, and then I said, <laughs> it's the moment where you heard her voice commentating on um, one of Issa's photos. So it's almost like they're teasing it, but at the same time, they're kind of giving us enough. We don't need to see Frida, but right. it, it would be cool too. And obviously, I, I hope we don't go another you know, this whole season without seeing Thug Yoda. We have to see Thug Yoda, even if it's just a cameo like the Black Party. We have yeah. to see him. It wouldn't be right without him. So um, the whole drove and Candace having a baby situation. Were you one of the people for, well, I, this is for the viewers because I know the answer to this, but <laughs> what did you think about the whole open relationship? Because remember, there was a while where everybody thought that Dro was lying and they weren't really... Still think Drew is lying, but there's been times. Remember when or, they were they in the morning, like Candace mm-hmm. called and she's like, oh, he's mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, still over at Molly's. Drew and Molly are childhood friends. I think that if 
Jerome and Candace were in fact open. I don't think that Candace knew that Molly was the other um, participant in their open relationship. I genuinely think that Candace also considered Molly a friend, even though uh, maybe not as close as she and Dro, because again, they grew up together. But no, Candace didn't know that he was sleeping with Molly. I think that when he said, I'm still at Molly's, I think he fed her some shit the night before, like, oh, I'm too drunk to drive in town, ran into Molly. I'm going to stay at her crib. He definitely didn't think that um, he was in her bed. <laughs> nah, that's fair, because every time they saw each other, whether it was a baby shower, whether it was Derek's birthday party, Candace never had any. She played it way too cool. Way like, too not cool. even a little bit of like a hint of, you know, maybe even a comment like, "Hey, how you how you enjoying my husband?" I don't know something like right. That. Even no exactly, exactly, because even if there, even the little bit of tension that there was, it was always coming from Molly and her guilty ass conscience. Straight it up. was never, um, it was never Candace projecting that. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Let's just talk about Molly. I think that's a big thing. With the, I mean, does she find happiness? Does she find love? Does she find peace? Same with Issa. Like, what does Issa, how does this end for Issa? How does this end for Molly? Not necessarily together. I, I've already uh, touched on that. Just individually. Like, where do you see their love life? Where do you see their careers? What do you see for the two of them? It's, it's perfect to end on those two characters since that's what the show is kind of based around. I think that Issa becomes a successful um, cultural curator. Oh, I don't know if, I think that Nathan will pursue her, like I said, but I don't know that they get together. So I think it's, they may introduce us to somebody else, but I just don't know that they will. Um, they gonna hit us with the, um, why did I get married too? <laughs> <laughs> bring somebody at the very end of it which that's at the very end give us a cliffhanger yeah i ain't um, even we ain't got man i could talk all day about that trash ass movie <laughs> but anyway keep going oh molly i don't think molly ends up with anybody maybe i don't want her to end up with anybody <laughs> uh, <laughs> i think that molly needs to work on herself in the relationship that she develops is that the relationship with herself because she has got to get her life together you pretty much took the words right out of my mouth i think that the main thing that i want to see from molly and i think molly deserves for herself is finding happiness mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. her a real version of it not what she thinks or imagines it should be you know mm -hmm. start at the core, kind of break everything down and build herself back up um, and I think that'll lead to other opportunities and just a better outlook on life for her. I would love to see that for Molly. <sighs> um, Issa, I agree with what you said as well. I just think that she's 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 found her niche and I think she's passionate about it and she's going to find a way to incorporate music or do whatever she needs to. Um, mm -hmm. She's definitely got an entrepreneurial spirit. I don't see her working for another company. Nope. And I think that she's going to blow up. And I think that she's, I really think there's going to be somebody new. I think all these past relationships are going to help her really take the next step into, you know, whatever she finds romantically. And um, regardless of what happens, 
I'm just excited that we've been able to witness this show, that they provided it to us, that they kept it so authentic, they kept it so real, um, and then they never let us down one step throughout this process. Like, Insecure will forever live in our hearts. I know that I can speak for myself, I can speak for you. And it was just, when I look back at this 20 years from now, um, Lord willing, 30 years from now, it's the perfect time capsule piece for this period of my life. Absolutely. That is that was a perfect way to end it. This is truly a time capsule to our late twenties into our thirties and what life was really like for uh the millennial dating scene. I I love that. That was perfect. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um like I said at the beginning, I'm gonna say it at the end. Very excited to get this rolling with you. Um, for all the listeners that are tuned in, we definitely appreciate your time. We appreciate you. your input, your thoughts. We are looking forward to having these conversations with you week in, week out for the next 10 weeks. And um, really have this journey going. Hopefully you guys share the same passion for Insecure as Rachel and myself. And please feel free to reach out to us um, as we keep going. You know, this is fresh for us. We're going to find our you know find our groove and right I'm take it really, easy <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Take it easy on this. don't shoot don't shoot don't uh, shoot we'll definitely get there me and rachel have a, a tremendous relationship tremendous friendship and hopefully that chemistry just flows out over the speakers rachel you got anything else i don't uh i think you hit the nail on the head i want to thank you all for listening um i appreciate you i we want your feedback um Join the conversation with us. You know, you can find us both on Twitter. Um, I'm Ray PR, five A's, YP. And then Kyron is KRich513. So um, holler at us and then stay tuned in with us on a weekly basis. I'm excited, without, y'all. Without question. Thank y'all for listening. We'll see y'all at the beginning of season five. Peace. Peace.